Welcome to episode 14 of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. Hello, hello. It is, of course, Stacey Harris, your host for Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris, and I'm so, so excited you're here. Uh, today, we are talking with uh, Carrie Smith of Careful Sense. I'm really excited to talk to Carrie. I've known Carrie for a couple of years now, and she's really, really great. Um, I love her blog. Um, she makes financial information and, and um, talking about money less scary and more like attainable. Uh, she shares her story, which is really awesome. So if you haven't checked out her site yet, go to carefulsense.com. And of course, a link to that will be in the show notes. And for this episode, you will find those show notes at thestacyharris.com slash episode 14. So first things first, as we always do here at Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris, I'm going to be doing shout outs. And today's shout out is from Chandra, I'm sorry, Chandra Russell. And it says, jab, jab, jab is right. Stacey has a great podcast present and sounds really comfortable behind the mic. Maybe a past life as a DJ. But when she, what really packs a punch is her content. Stacey knows her stuff and shares it freely so that the listeners can implement her ideas easily and be smarter with their social media. I highly recommend hanging out with Stacey during her podcast and online in general. Thank you, Chandra. I am so glad you, you took the time to leave the review. Thank you very much. If you want to get a shout out on a future episode, head over to iTunes, leave a review, leave a rating, all that good stuff. Uh, if you need the link to iTunes, you can, you can find that at the show notes page here on thestacyheroes.com slash episode 14. So just hit the little iTunes and like it says iTunes and it'll send you on over there and you can leave a review and I can give you a shout out on the next episode, which is super cool. So what I want to do now is I want to read you Carrie's bio. Carrie Smith is a solopreneur on a mission. She's a financial artist who helps business owners and solopreneurs design a lifestyle business that earns more money in less time. In May 2013, she quit her small business accounting job of 10 years to pursue full-time entrepreneurship and blogging. And you guys can find her over at carefulsense.com. So let us dive into the interview because it is a good one. And I will see you guys on the other side. All right, everybody. I'm excited to finally have Carrie with me. We finished the housekeeping part of things, and now we get to talk to Carrie. Um, I, of course, read you her official bio, but the first thing I like to do for every episode with a guest is have the guest kind of tell us about themselves. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about you um, that we wouldn't necessarily read in your quote-unquote official bio. Okay. Um, well, some people may not realize that I was an accountant for 10 years. And so um, I've actually kind of done like a 180 from that. And it was just like really boring, you know, <laughs> at the end. And so that's one of the reasons why I kind of changed my life and went into a different career and stuff like that. So um, that's probably something you may have read and then you may not have because I don't really announce it. Although that number side of me kind of like geeks out from time to time. I think I probably only know that because you and I have, have known each other at this point. I still know, knew, I knew you when you still had a day job. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a while since you haven't had a day job now. It's been a few months, right? I, I want to say like almost six months. Yes, it's been six months. <clears throat> um, um, not that I I'm tried. like stalking you or anything. I just, <laughs> I was very interested in that transition. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and that's what I had to do is uh, when I went through that transition, I had to disassociate myself with being an accountant anymore because 
I didn't know what to tell people because I wasn't in that job description anymore. And so I kept saying, I'm just an accountant who quit my job. And then I'm like, well, I'm not an accountant anymore. So I had to start saying something new. <laughs> I think it's weird when you um, when you work for yourself, especially when you have you're a solopreneur. You're not necessarily building some sort of, you know, corporate conglomerate thing. Um, it can be kind of weird when you have that moment of, well, what do you do? Well, I do a lot of stuff because, yes, my my product I put out is X, Y, Z, but I do like a lot of stuff. Like you're still kind of an accountant and you're a marketer and you're mm-hmm. your own receptionist. And you know what I mean? Like you do so much when you're a solopreneur, even if you have like a VA or something, it can be weird to be like, well, what do you do? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, even to the point where my two sisters don't really understand what I do. So they just say, oh, she has a blog, which I don't know how she makes money. <laughs> which you do have a blog. You it, Carefulsense.com is your blog. And that's how your business started, right? Is blogging? Yes. Yeah. It was kind of my outlet to talk about money and my personal ideas about money. I also um, chronicled my debt payoff and becoming debt free on that too. So, which I think is very cool that that your blog has really evolved from being a blog to your business's website, and that's where you share your content now. Yeah, exactly. It also displays my services, um, some of the things that I offer, the community there, and then also my thoughts and blogging. And I have a couple other writers who share their opinions as well. They talk about. Uh, full-time freelancing and uh, and debt management and getting out of debt so you can fund your your freelance lifestyle. Which I think is very cool. And there's a couple things that you just said that I want to break down. The first thing I want to dive into is is um, the club that you have. Um, it's a very cool group of freelancers. Um, I know it started out as the Freelancers Club. I think it's called the Careful Sense Club now. I don't know. I'm just a member. I don't pay attention to the title. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really fine. A lot of people just call it the club. Some people call it the Careful Sense Club, the freelancers gig, you know, group. Who who knows? I, to me, it's just a really cool place, a community that a bunch of people, um, especially freelancers and online entrepreneurs who are trying to either quit their jobs or make their businesses more successful. And we kind of put all all put our heads together and come up with really cool ideas or comments and feedback and support for each other. Now, that that community is a pretty active and b um it's there's a fair amount of people in it how did you go from building um how did you build that community i can really talk i swear how did you go from sort of nothing to something with building that community well i started out with a small idea and i knew i wanted to do something more with the the community that i've created over the past 2 years surrounding my blog And my business coach was able to help me sort of hash out the direction I wanted to go. And I really like having a personal connection with everybody, as you know, because we've known each other for a while. And I like to develop those relationships and really understand, like, people and how I can help them and they can help me. And I wanted a medium that would help me do that. So I created this private group. And um, it did start out in a little bit of beta testing and trying out some different um membership ideas and stuff but it really came down to this one being the best one and um, it's free to join and it's free for anyone who is open to sort of taking it to the next level of when they interact with me on the blog and then they go to this private community where they can interact with myself and other people 
sort of going through the same thing. Um, it's grown, yes, definitely to a larger amount of people, and it is pretty active. I, I really like it, and I try to keep that personability in there, too. Yes, and that's something I think you do very well. And, and something I want to mention is you don't run it alone. You do have a little bit of help running it, but you're still very active sort of in the day-to-day. How do you sort of separate having help so you don't have to do it all yourself and still maintaining that sort of personal touch? Well, I liked the thought of, yes, I'm running this club, but I am also a member myself. So I wanted to have, you know, one or two people that would help me facilitate the community vibe. And it wouldn't just be like what my opinion is, is like the law or something. And and Mm -hmm. I wanted to participate as well. So I have um, a club coordinator who helps me come up with some of the content for the newsletter. We um, engage with the other members to see if there's something they're looking for or how we can help them with certain tasks or ideas. So she kind of helps like hash out everything and also offers her own opinion, which is very valuable. So I kind of wanted an outside opinion as well as, you know, being able to participate myself instead of just someone officiating it. Well, and it does, you know, it's it's funny that you word it that way because I never really realized this till till I thought about it just now. But it is kind of, you know, your club coordinator is sort of the moderator of the group. She welcomes new members. She, um, you know, we don't tend to cause a lot of trouble, so she doesn't really have to keep us in line. But she is sort of the admin of the group, so you get to be a member. So your time in there is time engaging. Um, and I think that's that's something I talk about a lot um, in any portion of social media is if you're going to outsource it outsource the admin part so you can engage and I think that's really um that's really impressive how that's all laid out and and finding somebody that could fit that role so well um outside of the club which is what I've always called it it's just a club so that's what we're sticking with today there'll be a link in the show notes um dustyharris.com is where you'll find the show notes and there'll be a link to the club so you can join us in the club but aside from that I know you're very active in other online clubs like Thrive Hive because apparently this show is sponsored by Thrive Hive because I talked <laughs> about it, I think, in nearly every episode at this point. Um, but you're also a member of Thrive Hive. How have communities like that helped you not only establish your business as a side hustler, but then make that transition to um, doing what you do full time? Well, private communities and smaller communities like these clubs are really vital for somebody like me who is a pretty big introvert. Um, I even go as far as to say I'm an HSP, which is a highly sensitive person. And I don't know if you've read that book or anything, but it's okay. like introversion to a new level. And so for someone who can become very easily like stuck in my office all day and not interact with people, these clubs are a really good way for me to get out of my shell and also in a more comfortable way instead of just, you know, like throwing my introversion to the wind and trying to be an extrovert and go out all the time. So I'm kind of embracing my own personality and also finding other people who I I like we don't live in the same city. So I'm able to interact with all of you awesome women and other men, too, that have these really cool ideas and these passions and these jobs and stuff like that. And it really helps me like become a better introverted person, but also get out of my comfort zone to try new things. And on that note as well, it. It really helps me thrive, uh, thrive high, but <laughs> it really does help me thrive um, in that environment versus like going to a huge, massive conference. So having small meetups and small get togethers 
and that smaller personal level is where I, I am best and um, my ideas are able to be heard and I get the most feedback from. I think that's totally like a Thrive Hive testimonial now because you used Thrive in the sentence. <laughs> um, if, you, if you don't mind, I want to sort of stick with this because I, for those of you who listen and have listened for a while, probably know this. And I, Carrie, I'm sure you know this. I am not an introvert. Um, I am definitely not an introvert. I thrive on having those <laughs> conversations and those connections. And um, so that's why I really like the communities. Mm-hmm. Allows me to pretend I'm not just in my office and I have this group to talk to. Um, so I think it's funny that it kind of facilitates both parts of the personality or not both parts, but the two different personalities. So for you, when you, um, when you prepare to go to an event, cause this is something I talk about a lot when I, when I go to events and speak at events is, uh, preparing beforehand using things like social media and stuff like that. So, do you have any sort of tricks as an introvert that prepare you for those sort of in-person networking opportunities that are so, so vital to growing our business but can be really overwhelming if you're introverted? I do, actually. Um, I have, Will you share them with us? <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of, like, secrets and schedules and things that I like to do before events, for sure. And um, one of them being... I like to hole up in my house or my office and relax a few days before, kind of getting like recharged or pumped up before I go out there. Because if any introvert understands, it's really draining on you emotionally, um, even physically, mentally to be around so many people and you mm-hmm. so much noise and so much going on and so much energy. And, you know, we're, we're pretty sensitive to that. I know we're crazy, but <laughs> that's how we are. No, it's, and, I, what's funny is I have so many friends that are introverts and it's just hilarious to me. I'm like I must wear you all out all the time. <laughs> no, but it's a good counterpoint. Just going on a tangent here, but um, to to that introverted personality to have someone who is an extrovert because we kind of need that little bit of a push sometimes. We need to get out of our comfort zone. We need to try new things. So it's nice to have you know. Speaking of the the community, other people in the community that have a different personality. But um, so anyways, I get some good sleep. I make sure that I'm reading and I'm like thinking over my schedule. And another thing that I learned from experience was when you're going to a conference, look at the conference schedule and figure out the main points and the main sessions that you want to go to and don't go to all of them. You will seriously stress yourself out and you will literally lose your mind. Like you will go home and you'll never want to go to another one again. And so I learned that go to like the four or five sessions that really want to hit up, you know, meet the people that are the speakers and then don't go to any more. Like, don't press yourself into doing it. And you'll get so much more out of it. And then you'll come across relationships with people in the hallway and outside the conference hall and stuff. And it's just such a cooler experience and much more like my personality. I actually really like that for extroverts, too. That's something I do. I think when I first started attending events, I thought, like, you know, you've got maybe your couple of keynotes. And then you've got, you know, those breakout sessions. So there's three sessions happening at a time. And those go, like, back to back to back. And if one runs over, you're stressing out about getting to the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, figure out what your must-go-to ones are. And then go to those ones. You know, don't worry about, oh, well, I paid X amount for this event. I have to, like, soak up every little right. morsel of knowledge. Because think about it this way. You paid to network. You paid for the potential business you could get from that, either because you got some sort of education or training or because you made new relationships. And so hanging out with those people who are also sort of skipping out on a section of sessions 
um, or just recharging your battery so you can go out to dinner with some people that night um, can be really, really beneficial. So don't, yeah, I really, really like that for both personality types because that's something I totally do. Even as an extrovert, I definitely come home from events and I'm like brain mush just because like, yeah. I've met so many people and I've been like quote unquote on for, you know, two or three days or however long the event was. Mm-hmm. And um, I think as extroverts, we sometimes feel the need to like be performing almost like because we're so like, let's go, let's do this. You know what I mean? Right. So it can be draining. So I can just imagine that if that's not sort of your normal mode, that that would be extra draining. So I really like that tip of of, of choosing what is your sort of must attend um, and doing that. Do you make an effort? And this is a tip I give a lot. So if you guys have ever um, heard my audio that I have on my website about um, using social media before, during, and after an event, you'll have heard this tip before. But using social media to connect with certain people before the event who are also attending so that you can sort of um, get that weird part of the conversation, the icebreaker part done before you're face to face. Is that something you like to do? Oh, absolutely. Um, most conferences and events will have like a specific hashtag. And so I definitely, you know, use it like majorly. <laughs> and um, I, it's actually funny because some of the people I know in real life and we've known each other for a while, will still jump on like Twitter and we'll hashtag each other what we're doing, even though we have the phone number and we could just text or call. So I definitely do that. I was able to connect with multiple editors and other writers and stuff like that, just using the hashtag beforehand and then, you know, came away with some great opportunities and gigs and um, relationships. So, yes, definitely. For sure. I love that tip. It's one of my favorite tips. And the other thing is, is when you're active in communities um, like Thrive Hive or the, the, the Careful Sense Club or in groups that are attached to paid programs like B-School and things like that, um, reach out to those communities you already have. You might get to meet people you have a relationship with already online. Um, I know that in Thrive Hive, we're constantly surprised by how many of us are attending the same event someplace. So, yes. Yeah, reach out to those people because that's a really cool way to take that relationship from online to offline and sort of strengthen it. Absolutely. That's a really good idea too. Cool. Okay, so the other thing I want to talk to you about is um, shifting gears a little bit, I know that you have an upcoming um, program coming out, and you're beta testing it now, I believe, or getting started too, or you're you're somewhere in the beta testing realm. Yes. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about beta testing, because that's something I did with the Rockstar Guide to Facebook Marketing and with my Rockstar Sessions, as you know, because you were one of my beta testers for the Rockstar Sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love beta testing, so I'm excited to have somebody on the show to talk to it, to talk about it with. Um, so why did you choose to beta test, um, your upcoming course and give us the name and all of that sort of information? Yeah, actually, I will have to credit my business coach for giving me the little push to, to use beta testing more because I never really gave it the, like, um, I guess the time of day, like that it deserves. And so I started out with this idea. Um, it's a four week course and it's called, uh, fight for your right to work less how to build a freedom business. And so it's it's not a productivity course, but it, it does have a lot of productivity tips in there and ways to streamline your work. But it's all towards getting you to build a lifestyle that helps you gain more freedom, more financial freedom, uh, freedom from your work. I mean, that's why I quit my job is so I didn't have to be a workaholic anymore. 
So um, it's kind of my personal journey in that, too. And it's it was something that I was just going to just launch. And I was having a really hard time getting my ideas out there and the content. And it was just kind of like feeling really difficult. And so my business coach suggested that I launch it in a beta phase so I didn't have to complete all the content up front and use the feedback from the people who were testing it as part of a way to create the content and um, come up with some really cool ideas and like bonuses and tips and stuff. So I created like half the content and then some of the interviews and then I've taken their feedback along the way and um, created some free PDFs and some systems and different tutorials based on their feedback. So it's been really cool. I really like the experience so far. I am so glad you said that because I love beta testing um, for the Rockstar Guide to Facebook Marketing. Um, I had some of the content done, um, but I actually ended up reshooting some of the content after um, I had a little bit of feedback. And then some of the content just legitimately wasn't done. There was stuff I added later. Um, there was stuff I cut out when it went live because, yep. like, you realize, like, they're like, we didn't need this. This this wasn't useful. So why clog up people's time? There's mm-hmm. so much out there now that you want to sort of give people the content as efficiently as possible. Um for your beta, are you opening it up to a very large group? Did you have a set number you wanted to have um, of people? How how did you arrange how many people were going to go through the course? I was trying to think of how much time, you know, it would take for me to do it right, basically, and then also how much time it would take for the beta testers to go through the program. And um, I, when I launched it into the testing phase, I gave it the, like, there's three different tiers, but I wanted to do the full experience. So they got opportunity to the premium package, so to speak, and it would take a little bit more of their time and some one-on-one coaching with me and different things like that. So I limited it to, like, 10, just 10 people, and um, that was just based on the time intensiveness for both of us. Awesome. That's what I, I did 10 as well. Because I think when you go through a beta, it's really important to, even if your course, because um, like my, with the Rockstar Guide, it's totally self-study now. There's no um, live time unless you participate in one of our bonuses um, where they're hap- like right now we're running a bonus for a live call um, when we record this anyways. Um, so, but that's the only time there's any sort of live portion of it um, outside of the Facebook group. So for me, it was important to have a group that was small that I could make sure they got sort of that hands-on attention so that I could get the feedback as we were going through it together. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you have your beta testers sort of apply with you um, so you could pick and choose who you wanted to beta test, or did you just sort of open it up and the first 10 slots that sold were good? I only sent out invites to certain people and also to certain groups. So I did post in like Thrive Hive because I trust everyone in there. So I have a couple of Thrive Hivers in, in the testing group. And then um, some of the people that I specifically knew would be interested or shown interest in the past in my idea, mm-hmm. I sent emails to them as well. And then um, a couple of people on my team that I work with, I didn't require that they do it, but I was like, I'd really love your feedback because I respect mm-hmm. them as businesswomen too. So um, they're in the group as well. So it was just a few select people that I really wanted and trusted their feedback. That's awesome. And I I think that's dead on. I think that you um, you have to choose a group that you know is going to stick with it. Um, and that's going to be sort of good about giving you feedback. Because one thing I have learned in the beta testing process is that if you sort of just open it up to everybody, 
uh, like you just sort of put it up on your website and let it go. Um, you can end up with people who are just sort of like going for the beta test price if it's lower, um, which for me it was, and not so much like the beta test experience where they're very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because agreeing to beta test something is a time investment beyond just the course. You're going to be giving feedback and you're going to be looking at it with um, a different eye than you would just as a as a student of the course. Right. Exactly. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for talking beta testing with me because, like I said, that's been something I've been really wanting to talk about. Um, now that you're going to be going out of beta testing, when is the official launch and live date for this going to be? For those people who are interested in learning more about it, where can they go to find that? Yeah, the official launch is going to be in January 2014. Um, I'm pretty sure it will be that first week of January. I will be out of town on a certain date, so I'm still working out that. But I'll be announcing it, obviously, on my blog and on Twitter and stuff like that, so you can find out more details there. Um, there's, there's, you can go to carefulsense.com and you can click on it to get on the list, but it's, you know, private right now. Um, and when the official launches, you'll get a, you know, invite from me for that. Perfect. So carefulsense.com, that's going to be in the show notes. So don't worry about that, guys. Um, well, Carrie, thank you for being on the show. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I really am excited that you came on the show to talk about your community and to talk about how you've used community. And I'm, I'm glad we got some insights for introverts about networking events and conferences, because I think that that can be something that's probably a little overwhelming. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you. It's been really fun. Before we wrap it up, could you just give everybody a rundown on where they can connect with you? Sure. CarefulSense.com. Sense is spelled C-E-N-T-S. And that's my blog, my website that you can find me anywhere else online from there. And I'm at CarefulSense on Twitter as well. Awesome. I'm so, so appreciative of you being on the show. Thanks again for being on the show. Uh, to everybody else, this has been another episode of Hit the Mic with Stacey Harris. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Bye.